Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All-Star edition of No Doubter All-Star Game, Home Run Derby, the whole nine yards. It's happening a week from today, and we're just going to uh, preview uh, preview it for y'all. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be doing some poor and score action as well. So we're going to kind of switch things up a bit and be we're going to preview the upcoming midpoint of the season. We're almost there, Travis. We're in week 14, and it's... It's almost halfway done. It's felt like it's been a while, and it's just the halfway point is just sneaking up on us. The all-star break, which means the trade deadline is fast approaching. But, yeah, we're going to talk about all that and more on this special edition of No Doubter. Thank you all for joining us. I'm your co-host, Barrett Mumbasa. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. As you said, it is... uh, I believe for all teams now they've actually hit just over the halfway point of their uh, their schedule for uh, for the year now. So yeah, we played more than half of the regular season at this point. Got the All Star break just around the corner, um, and uh, that means yeah, the All Star game itself out of Dodger Stadium in L.A. Uh, the, uh, the the rosters have been set. Uh, you know some uh, some definitely some big names in there. It'll be some fun guys to. Um, see as part of it um yeah we're just shaking things up a little bit uh you know the uh, the division races they still continue to go uh but they're um very much kind of in the same place as they've been in recent weeks so we thought hey you know we should just go and give a little bit of focus to the all-star game as it comes up and uh and take care of that there you go um i i I always enjoy the all-star game it doesn't matter anymore it used to matter the winner of the all-star game determined home field advantage for the world series but as of a, only a few years ago, it is insignificant and inconsequential, shall I say. It's not insignificant. And they've made it very much all in on the pageantry, but it is still fun. You're seeing the cream of the crop all in one place at the same time. So, And then, of course, the Home Run Derby, which some very interesting participants, five of the eight have been announced, and we're going to talk about that and our predictions for the remaining three i've always, I always liked the home run derby it's going to be all this is going to take place at dodgers stadium the third oldest stadium in baseball so it's going to be super fun but before we get into all that trav we have to do our favorite segment what is it yes sir we're doing it uh once again here kind of in this uh this little see time period of the show where we're bringing back uh an old favorite of ours and that is pour and score uh because when you pick your adult beverage of choice to enjoy uh well, however you're taking in america's greatest pastime whether it's on your couch uh, you know uh, you know if you maybe sit out on the back porch out by the pool with the radio on if you're at the game itself no matter how you're doing it here you know you 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 just gotta pour and because when you pour you score uh it's your it's your way to be part of the game itself here. And so I guess I'll go ahead and uh, yeah, and kick us off here this evening. You know, I picked this up uh, uh, today at the store. And, uh, you know, as I was bringing it home, I was thinking maybe I might. I feel like, you know, we've talked about this brewery before. I can't remember if I've, uh, if I've uh, done this one before. But, you know, we're at this point now. If we do hit repeats every once in a while, uh, I can't remember if this was one or not. But I think that's fine. But either way, it's the El Chingon. India Pale Ale by Four Corners Brewing Company mm. that I'm going to uh, to be drinking this evening here. Uh, so nice, yeah. And so it's uh, man, it's funny. This this can is uh, got the description here in Spanish, but if I uh, memorize mm-hmm. Spanish, I can read well here. This India Pale Ale is a pure uh, is a pure beer. It's brewed with a badass blend of mighty American hops, <laughs> balanced with Munich malt, and dry hopped for aromatic intensity. Uh, 
I don't know what that word is, but crank up <laughs> your Chingon factor. So, uh, <laughs> El Chingon, baby. Yeah, the hype man is in the spirit. <laughs> yes. So, uh, 7.3% alcohol by volume, 72 IBUs. So, the Four Corners Brewing Company right here in Dallas, Texas. They are, they can be found. Uh, presumably, this is their Twitter and or Instagram handle at FC Brewing. So, I have had I have had this IPA. It's been a long time since I've had it, but I do remember having it. I think I had it at the Texas Craft Brewers Festival one time. Yeah, I want so, to say maybe you have you have previewed this one on the show, but I have not. So I, yeah, I know for a fact I haven't previewed it, but I did. The name sounds familiar, so I'm very eager to hear your review because I I have forgotten about this. It is an IPA though, so I gotta. I, I'm already going in with high hopes. So uh, it came out a little bit more fizzy and foamy than normal here, but you can see it's uh, it's got a uh, it's got a nice translucent color to it. You have a nice golden yellow goes with it. Ooh, very yeah, nice. strong hoppy head to it. Mm. Ooh. Oh yes, this is. This reminds me why, you know, whether I'm at the store or I'm, uh, or, you know, I'm out at the bar, I'm at a restaurant to take a look at the, uh, look at what they've got on tap or what they've, uh, what they've got in stock and I'm looking for something to drink. And, you know, if I need something to return to here, this reminds me why this is a beer that I'm never hesitant to do so because it truly is that good. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a, both in terms of the hoppier side of things and beers in general, I really love it. It tastes like summer. Uh, it's, uh, it goes down nice and smooth, nice and easy. Uh, it's funny. It's got the, I think this is a, I think this is a gateway IPA. Hmm. I would, but it's say it's a gateway IPA that is still so good hmm. that even as just like an experienced hop head like myself, I can, I can still appreciate it. And it's almost, it's almost that feeling of, you know, it's like pulling out your favorite U2 album, Barrett, and uh, <laughs> yes, and just the feeling of uh, and the feeling. Yeah, it's like pulling out the Joshua Tree, you know, a certified classic there of some of the greatest hits that yes. uh, that uh, that U2 has ever put out. However, it was so refined. It was it's such just a groundbreaking, ahead of its time kind of album for for what it did, and it, you appreciate it that much. I feel the same way with this kind of beer here. Um, and so I would, uh, I would give this bad boy here a good solid nine out of ten. I was gonna guess that was the rating that you were gonna give it. You were speaking pretty highly of it. It's interesting that you would say it was a gateway IPA, given seventy-two IPUs is nothing to scoff at. Seven point three ABV. Now those are like pretty it just, high. It just goes down really well. I feel like it. Hmm. It presents a lot to you, but it's in an accessible way. I, I, that's just the best way I can describe it. It's an excessively strong IPA. It almost has like, it's like, you know, if a, if maybe you put the, if you made like a really hoppy, uh, Pilsner or lager, that's the Hmm. best way that I can describe this. Interesting. uh, Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm very eager to get to have that now. I mean, I'm trying to get my Dallas, area ipa mainstays now i've had other dallas ipas that will remain nameless 
Um, but I think I need to at least get a six pack of this to see if I can add this to the rotation. So there are some other IPAs in the area that are more easily accessible, but I need, I, I need to, on my way back from the Big D, swing on down to Total Wine. And I'll tell you what, you cranked my interest. This is probably the next one I'm going to get. So should do it. Rock solid, reliable brewer. Have, uh, have you had to have something from, uh, from four corners that I don't enjoy? Man, oh man, you learn something new every day, man. It has the no doubter stamp of approval. Absolutely. Sure. All right. What about hey, yourself, well, Boom? What are you drinking this evening? Well, I'm going to hop on the bourbon bandwagon. I have been acquiring some bottles of bourbon as gifts from friends and loved ones for occasions that have recently come by. I featured one that my brother-in-law gave me and now i'm gonna feature one that my wife gave me for father's day this is old forester now i've had old forester before but this is a different version of it it is the 1910 old fine whiskey so it's not the regular kind it is a slight difference Let's say I remember this old Forester brand from before. Uh, but yes, I say this is a new one that you're uh, you're drinking here. So mm-hmm, yes, and as you can see, I have you know busted into it. So <laughs> I've been enjoying it lately. It's 93 proof, so you know it's it's a it, it's on the approachable side of things. It's got a brief description on here. I'm going to read the back real quick. It says this whiskey is sold by us only and we are responsible for its richness and fine quality. Its elegant flavor is solely due to original fineness developed with care. There is nothing better in the market. There you go. George Garvin Brown, the founder. So this is also Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. I have been staying in that part of the country as it is the mecca of bourbon uh i'm gonna be going there in the fall so i'm i'm trying to educate myself on the kentucky bourbons just what my mainstay is so there's so many distilleries to decide and we have a finite amount of time so i'm deciding which ones do i go to i already know i'm going to buffalo trace but all Forrester's there. You got Maker's Mark. You got Woodford Reserve. There's a lot of options. So I got to see if this one's going to make the list, but we'll see. So without further ado, I'm going to pour it in one of my many Glencairns at this point. On the camera. Here we go. How many Glencairns do you have now? <laughs> I have like six. Three <laughs> of them are... Three of them have an have an inscription on it this one's got my name on it literally nice i have i have two of these one of them is iron root glencairn then i have three others and then i have a another one that's technically not a glencairn i'll have to feature that later it's not a glencairn but it kind of looks like it so that'll be my next one that i drink out of but without further ado Pretty dark color to it, but still translucent to a degree. I have seen darker, but with a lighter proof, you would expect it to not be as dark. Good nose. It's not overpowering, but it's pretty solid. It's definitely, there are some noses on bourbons where you immediately sniff it and you're just like, oh, 
man. Those are <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be a strong one. <laughs> you, yeah, those are the high proof ones for sure. But this one, it's like it's enticing. You're like, hmm, okay. So I'm going to dive in. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 So I swirl around. The hints, the flavors just hit you. They just kind of boom. They just kind of tap your taste buds a little bit. All from all sides. As you swirl it in your mouth. And you swallow it. Nice finish. It's great effect right there. Um, I, I'm really starting to dig this proof range, the 90 to 100. You know, I used to like the ones that are like 100 to 120, but I'm kind of peeling it back down a bit. This is kind of like the 80 to 90 range is like Blondale lager is to a beer. Whereas the 100 to 120 is like what an IPA is to a bourbon. Now, it'll be funny because I like the extreme end when it comes to beers. But on the bourbons, I just don't have them as much. So I'm starting, I'm dialing back. But to each his own, um, I still do like this. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think if, I wouldn't call it a gateway. If you truly want a gateway, get yourself a good old 80 proof, maybe even a scotch or a very low proof bourbon where all bourbons are distilled in America. Scotch is obviously from Scotland, but then you can, this can be like your second or third as you're trying to ramp your way up in there. But this is a rock solid distillery. I haven't had a bourbon from Old Forester that I don't like. They're all solid. So... Eight and a half out of ten, Old Forester, straight from the heart of Kentucky. 1910 Old Fine Whiskey. This is not the standard version. It's the 1910 Old Fine Whiskey. So, very nice. In 1910, a fire on Whiskey Row led to Old Forester being rebarreled into heavy charred barrels. The double-barreled expression follows the same process as the original Old Fine Whiskey. So... There you go. A pivotal year in bourbon history. So there Very you go. Very good, Boom. Love it. More mm-hmm. uh, more more bourbon introduced here to the show. And one day I will uh, I will go through our lists of uh, <laughs> of all the bourbons <laughs> you have uh, you have um, you have uh, tasted to this point on uh, on No Doubter and make my way over to Total Wine and just blow a whole bunch of money in one setting on uh, stocking up on my cabinet for it. Uh, yes. But that will come one day. Uh, but for right now, we uh, we close out this segment here, uh, as we always do, reminding our audience uh, to do uh, to you know, enjoy your adult beverage, whichever one you choose. You know, across the spectrum, whether you're looking at beer. Uh, whiskey, vodka, wine, whatever it is, uh, drink responsibly. It's the only way to do it. We always want you back here every week uh, listening to us and uh, enjoying time uh, with uh, with your family and living life uh, the safe way uh, back here. So drink responsibly, folks. It's the only way to do it. That um, in mind. Cheers, man. Yes, sir. Cheers. Clink. All right. That mind. Get right, yes, we'll get right into it here. Talking about the 2022 Major League Baseball All Star Game is one week from today at Dodger yes. Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, next Tuesday night, uh, we will not be broadcasting uh, during the game, 
Uh, I've got plans out to be watching it. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, you know what to expect of the game this year. Uh, you know, no, notable storylines, the home run derby, uh, the lineups, all those things. Uh, but first, we need to bring you <laughs> the no doubter of the week. That yes. is none other than from July 9th, just a few days ago. Yes. The hot rookie sensation, Mr. Nolan Jones of the Guardians. Yes. Do you want to share the screen or do you want me to? You go on and share the screen. You've, uh, All you've right. got it marked. This was an extra special one. Not a whole lot of truly big bar- bombs at this point, but this one, you get a rookie special because... Nolan Jones of the Cleveland Guardians. This is his first ever home run in the big leagues. And boy, was it special. And if you've been watching on our YouTube channel, The No Doubters, you will recognize the trajectory of this particular homer. So You'll recognize the stadium it was hit in as well because it's been the uh, site of many of No Doubters this year. Yes. Oh, oh God. Oh, no. Ah, uh, <laughs> technical <laughs> difficulties. All right, here we go. The <laughs> Runners at the corner. <laughs> oh, man. My apologies. It's, it's <laughs> so it feels like every day feels like a Monday this week. But anyway, set the scene. They are in Coffin Stadium in the heart of America, Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Kansas. Yes, it's on the there Missouri are... side. Ah, the Missouri side's the cool side, apparently. <laughs> so it, they ha- they have Arrowhead Stadium, the Kauffman Stadium. That it's just that whole thing is just a joke. We're, well, it's not a joke; it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Same name. <laughs> I don't know. Ignorance. Anyway. The Guardians are up 8-zip. Runners are at the corners. Nolan Jones has yet to hit a home run. He's facing Kowar 43 pitches in when all of a sudden in comes the pitch. Waboom! 96-mile-an-hour fastball. We've seen this before, ladies and gentlemen. It goes splash into the fountain. 457 feet. His first home run. Of his big league career and his family goes wild. Look at that three-run bomb. What a beautiful stadium. What a day he'll never forget. And the family's going crazy. Going all the way from Cleveland. I swear, our our, our podcast should be sponsored by uh, by Kauffman Stadium with uh, how much free publicity we give them. <laughs> For all take... the no-doubters hit there. Yes, we will take... All the money we can get. We've we've kind of exhausted the uh, Mile High Stadium ones at this point, but um, so but just looking around, I mean, you got to give it to that guy. Four hundred fifty-seven feet, one hundred and nine point two miles per hour off the bat, twenty-six degree launch angle. Nolan Jones, man, coming on the scene early and making a splash, and the Guardians. They are enjoying your contribution because, you know, still can, they're they're still on the hunt for the AL Central. So, and it's people like him, Steve Kwan, Jose Ramirez. They got some good firepower 
on that squad. So congrats, Nolan Jones. All right. Now, at this point, we would normally do general topics and then do our our just breakdowns of the divisions, but we're going to go straight into the All-Star festivities. So, we're of course, next Monday is the Home Run Derby. There was always the Home Run Derby before the All-Star game. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you who all has officially signed up for the Home Run Derby. So you have Pete Alonso, the reigning two-time champ, from the Mets, Juan Soto of the Nationals, Ronald Acuna Jr., fresh off the injury for the Braves, Kyle Schwarber for the Phillies, and all in, Mr. 40-something-year-old himself. We don't even know how his true age, the legend himself, uh, the token legend, the one who doesn't deserve it, but is there anyway. <laughs> oh, of course, talking about the machine, he's made bank. Albert Pujols, his fifth home run derby appearance. Ah, man, oh man. Are they just that desperate? <laughs> For participants? <laughs> they want to go all in on the legend this year? I don't know, man. It's like that... you said, the game no longer is consequential. So it's, uh, <laughs> so it allows for the freedom to make decisions like this. Mm-hmm. Man, so as of now, they still have three people to get for the competition. But out of the five so far, Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., Pujols, Schwarber. Trav, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, some of the visual man here. I'm pulling this up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, Acuna, Pujol. I feel like the the back end of things there definitely gives me the most uh, mm-hmm. there. I, I feel like where there's the most interest here. Uh, yeah. Cunha. I mean, Pujols obviously for, for the legacy appearance that he's uh, he's making there. And then, uh, and then Schwarber. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fun little group that we have uh, this year. I, I guess. Yeah. And when I've, when I pay attention to the all-star game festivities, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention historically to the home run derby. Ooh. I'm more of a, I'm more of a all-star game kind of guy. I think it's more interesting to see, you know, how all these, you know, different players and different personalities here across these different teams, you know, when they're stuck on teams together, what does the chemistry look like uh, um, of that lineup there in terms of, you know, what they're giving at the plate uh, defensively, like how they communicate with each other. Uh, And I mean, it's none of those guys, none of these guys that are stars are going to put everything out on the line to do really well in the all-star game and risk possibly uh, an injury heading into uh, heading into the final uh, couple of months of the regular season. Uh, but I mean, you're still going to, you know, you're, they're still definitely playing for pride. You can, they're going to want to do as well as they can. It's going to be seeing, it's seeing, Hey, how do those personalities and everything mesh together? But you know, I think this is a fun little uh, on the uh, home run derby side of things, fun little lineup to see some, uh, some good star power names there. And I've seen how Pujol, oh, this is fun, be fun to tune in this year just because of Pujols. <laughs> Seeing like how he does. Yes, yes, he is going to be mashing homers in a stadium that he was on the team for just a year ago. He was on the Dodgers for the last part of last year, and he did hit a few bombs. And the thing about Dodger Stadium, there is really no lefty or righty advantage because the stadium is just a big... It's symmetrical. It's not like 
in terms of the size of the wall and just from a bird's yeah. eye view. Uh, it's not like Mile High Stadium, Coors Field, in which uh, you have a disadvantage if you're a lefty because that wall is higher. So this one, there is no advantage. So it's just purely who can hit batting, uh, you know, batting practice homers. Now, It's very a lot of home runs for the season doesn't mean they're a batting practice home run hitting machine. Look at Shohei Otani. The guy got knocked out of the home run derby in the first round last year, even though he was the leader in home runs at the time. So, you know, he also had the lefty disadvantage because of the high wall, but still, I mean, it's you have to keep that in mind. Pete Alonso, that guy. That guy, he's gone on some home run tears in the past. He has 28 bombs this year. He is second in home runs in all of MLB. I, but I just don't know how he's how he is at the batting practice homers. I am glad he's in it, though. I don't think he's ever done it. Juan Soto, he did the home run derby last year. That guy's just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> he just loves doing it for some reason. But he is one of the most exciting players. In baseball. So yeah. as for the other three, I, I I think Aaron Judge probably declined, even though I can't find that for a fact. Jordan Alvarez is injured. I don't know if Mike Trout's ever done the home run derby. I'm just looking at the home run leaders because they tend to base it off the home run leaders. I would love to see Byron Buxton do it. I think he would be incredibly exciting. Austin Riley... It would be cool if he did it. Anthony Rizzo. Corey Seager has 20 bombs on the year. You know, I mean, Mookie Betts. I mean, I don't know. Um, Once the final field is set, Trav, we should make our predictions, like via Twitter, you know, (laughs) because you can fill that bracket out on MLB.com. So, yeah, yeah, we can definitely cross that bridge there. So, but... I I like watching the home run derby, so to each his own, I guess. <laughs> but um, I especially like watching it with the when an Astros is in there, an Astros player. But uh, but that'll be take place on Monday. But then the very next day, the All Star Game will happen. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and lay, list out the starters first for the American League. The side that has basically won most of the all-star games. I mean, it's just the American league just always seems to win. They <laughs> just, the national league just can't catch a break. I mean, as a, I think mean, I'm going to look it up while we're on here, just the overall score, but it's just, will the national league ever win? We will see, but for the American League, you got the catcher, Alejandro Kirk, the Blue Jays. First baseman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays as well. So, right off the bat, Blue Jays well represented. Second baseman, Jose Altuve for the win. Jose, Jose, Jose. Will he actually participate this year? Will he endure the onslaught of boos? We will see. All the Astros snubbed it out last year. But this time, will he endure it? Will he rip it off like a Band-Aid? Will he get it over with? 
we that remains to be seen. Third baseman Rafael Devers. I know between him and Jose Ramirez, I was very close to see who would be the starter, but Rafi does edge out Jose Ramirez for third base. Tim Anderson, the shortstop guy hitting for insane average, a great pick. Outfielder, you got Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, John Carlos Stanton, and then the designated hitter Shohei Otani, barely beating out Jordan Alvarez. A pretty good lineup. Um, you know, third base was tough. It was tough on both sides. There's plenty of rock star third basemen. But uh, when you take the reserves into effect, I think everyone is covered. The reserves are Jose Trevino of the Yankees. Infield reserves are Luis Arias, Sander Bogarts, Jose Ramirez, Andres Jimenez, both of those from the Guardians. You got reserve outfielders George Springer, Byron Buxton, Andrew Benatendi, Kyle Tucker, another Astros guy, Julio Rodriguez, the rookie sensation from the Mariners, my pick to win AL Rookie of the Year. Preseason picks, shall I say. Uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and I I know it's kind of a stretch for Jeremy Pena. Well, it, it's not too big of a stretch. I would have loved to have seen Jeremy Pena get on the reserves. I think his numbers are stellar enough to do that. I know Xander Bogarts is good, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just, the homerism is <laughs> exuding itself. But um, at, I'll tell you what, Traff. I wanted Jonah Heim to be the reserve for the American League because I think his numbers are good this year. I don't know yeah. about you. I mean, Jonah Heim is just fantastic. Uh, you know, his defensive prowess uh, as a catcher there, you know, really linking up communication wise uh, with the guys on the mound uh, there in the Rangers pitching rotation. Uh, but I mean, the guy can rake at the plate too. He may, he has really good plate appearances. He makes good decisions there. He's very methodical. Uh, I 100% agree with you. I think Jonah Heim would have been a fantastic reserve um, at the catcher position for the American League. Yes, and just to prove it, Jonah Heim has a better OPS plus than Jose Trevino. Uh, their wars are very similar. You look at their uh, Jonah Heim has a better OPS. He has a better on base percentage, and he has a better slugging. He has more home runs. I mean, at this point, I mean, and he has a better batting average. I mean, a complete snub. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> it's like, ah, I, the New York bias is there. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> uh, they got the home. We think we have homerism. They have homerism. <laughs> so just, yeah. That I mean, man, the, the, you, know, yeah. you think about like the coastal and large market bias. I mean, it's definitely, I think it's definitely there with uh yeah. you know with these these selections probably in in some regard here with the starters just yeah you've got you know, i mean it's the blue jays but i mean still you've got american league east there you've got you've got the riders up in that part of the country that they are they're very familiar with him uh there and the fans as well and then the uh yeah the uh, altuve i mean i just the stud that he is with the astros and the astros being uh, you know, just a, a model of success uh, for as long as they've been now uh, over much of the past decade. Uh, yeah, Red Sox, White Sox, Yankees, Angels, 
uh, yeah, National League, which we'll get to in a second, definitely has a good bit of coastal representation. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> coastal bias is there for sure in terms of uh, you know the selection, the publicity that these guys get. Um. Oh well. Um. And what you know, we'll just have to see. But yeah. Um. Overall, I think the people who deserve to be in there deserve to be there. But uh, I guess they can't. They can't get everybody. But it is a shame because when you are a member of the All Star roster, you have that accolade. It's on your Baseball Reference for the rest of your life, and. It does matter, especially when it comes to Hall of Fame bids. You know, you can point to someone. They're like, for Halsey Altuve, for instance, it's his eighth time, eight-time All-Star. That 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 sentence right there, eight-time All-Star. It just it just sounds good. So when he's eventually up for Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame voting, it's going to be a small piece of the puzzle where it's like. Oh, he's got a career batting average of 300 something and he's an eight-time all-star and you know, MVP and it's just it's just that much more to add to the resume. So so it does matter. Uh but I don't know. The people decide though. So yes. Indeed. Now for the National League, the Purist League, who will Enjoy a designated hitter for the first time in baseball history in the All-Star game. Uh, catcher Wilson Contreras, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, which that guy is the MVP front runner by a mile and a half. Definitely deserves to be the starter. Jazz Chisholm, second baseman, very excited that he's in. Manny Machado at third base, carrying the team on his back. Trey Turner, shortstop. That guy is very underrated. And now fielder, you got Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson, and the designated hitter Bryce Harper, who is injured, but he did get voted as the starter. So the the reserve, William Contreras, will probably play, which means that the Contreras bros will play together for the same league on the same team. First time since 2003 that a pair of brothers has been on the same team in the All-Star game. So the brother they love, it's it's going to be there, man. But pretty rock-solid lineup, if I do say so myself. Um, yeah, the outfielders were very... It was pretty easy. Well, predictable, shall I say, the, the outfielder picks. When it comes to shortstop, I mean... Dansby Swanson, uh, you could say he got snubbed. He is a reserve, but man, speaking of reserves, you got Travis Darno, catcher, infielders, Nolan Arenado, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, CJ Crone carrying the Rockies on his back, Dansby Swanson, outfielders, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, Starling Marte, Ian Happ, designated hitter, William Contreras is in as a reserve, and he's probably going to be the starter, which means that Garrett Cooper is going to be the new reserve for the National League, injury replacement. And then, you know what? I I almost forgot the legacy picks. So, the American League legacy pick is none other than Mr. 3000, Mr. 500 himself, Miguel Cabrera of the Tigers. And the National League legacy pick 
is Albert Pujols. <laughs> so, your thoughts on the National League, my friend? Yeah, man, I can't. This is one that I really cannot. <laughs> I can't argue with uh, with the National League here uh, on these picks. I feel like they, you know, they've uh, you know they've got got a mix of young guys and, and star power here. Uh, guys, you know, that have been in the limelight here uh, in big situations. Uh, I, I mean, I just love that Jazz Chisholm pick for for second base. I mean, the kid is just fiery and fun to watch. Um, oh, there, yeah. yeah. Bryce Harper, unfortunately, he's going to miss due to injury. So it looks like uh, you know we'll have. Uh, uh, it looks like you'll have, uh, uh, you know, replacement in for him. Um, but man, that's a that's a really good stout uh, National League lineup. I, that National League lineup, man. Maybe that looking at that just compared to the American League, maybe this is the year that uh, the uh, the National League uh, National League wins it. Maybe you would think. Of course, it all depends on their pitching, which we can get to that. But as far as snubs, before we get to the pitching position player snubs i mean a lot of people are saying that austin riley was a snub but i mean i mean nolan arenado had a was started off the season red hot and then if you look at you look at the starter um which is manny machado it's kind of hard to fit austin riley in there not taking anything away from austin riley i think he had a good year but um it's just, I don't know. It's tough. Austin Riley, I think, is better as of late, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it it's close. You look at other position players. Let's talk. I mean, Corey Seager. I mean, you could have. This guy's been good as of late too. He had a slow start. I like Austin positions, and then Ty France. A lot of people are like what the heck to tie france but yeah it's, it's tough um there's just it's a good problem to have when you have too many guys who who could have easily made it so but now without further ado let's go to the pitchers for both leagues American League pitchers, Shane McClanahan of the Rays, Nestor Cortez of the Yankees, Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays, Framber Valdez of the Astros, Martin Perez. Martin Perez, man, yeah. what a redemption story. Yes. I pulled up uh, I pulled up uh, Perez's uh, baseball reference here just to you know, just to show like what what an improvement has been for this guy this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like it was he was a pickup uh, late in the off season um, from uh, from the uh, uh, from the Red Sox. Spent a couple of seasons there. Uh, had that one season in uh, in Minnesota back in 2019. Uh, had those uh, you know, had that uh, that run between 2012 to 2018. Uh, but you know, left pretty unceremoniously. Uh, the Rangers uh, in 2018 um, at the end of 2018 season, and you know, returns back here this year. We saw him as depth. We didn't have a ton of expectations. It was kind of like a low risk, high reward type of move to uh, to acquire him. Uh, but 
wow, the guy has just been on fire this year and is having uh, what looks like the best year of his career right now. Uh, yeah, 778 winning percentage this year, uh, 7-2 as a starter, 2.72 ERA. Uh, I think this is the big, uh, big, you know, just seeing like to the, you know, how well he has pitched to this point. Like he pitched 114 innings total last year uh, in Boston uh, and 22 games started. Uh, he has started 17 games this year and he has pitched 106 innings. Uh, and that, you know, that he allowed 136 runs, uh, 36 hits, excuse me, 71 runs last year, uh, 99 hits and 37 runs allowed, uh, so far. So, you know, just that the, the amount of innings that he has pitched, he's letting a whole lot less guys on base, uh, a lot fewer guys on base and just has control at the mound. Uh, really it's just a well-rounded pitcher, um, and is been a guy, you know, has had command can take the Rangers deep in the games and the win loss record shows it. Uh, and so he's been, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun as a Rangers fan, looking at these pieces like Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon that have, uh, you know, really turned it on lately. Uh, you've got guys like Josh White, the, the young pieces like him that have come up They're uh, they're starting to show some teeth here. We look at the we look at the future and the farm system of guys like Jack Leiter and Josh Young, uh, other guys you know that still have uh, have a ways to go, uh, but you know that the talent is there for them to make uh, make an impact in the future. Uh, but all that, I mean, it's just it's a cool, it's it's one of those that you say like, hey, tip of the hat to the front office with a move like Martin Perez and seeing mm-hmm. like, hey, this is the type of move to do it. You need you you need that uh, that depth there. Uh, in your rotation, um, you get you get a guy like uh, Perez back. Uh, he, we have warmly embraced him back here in the DFW area. He's been a fan favorite uh, once again, um, and just really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Representing the the Arlington Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, their lone pick. Their lone representative. So congratulations, Rangers. You have a singular all-star this year. So congratulations. Um, uh, other pitchers include Paul Blackburn. It's good to have the athletics represented. Justin Verlander, the fine wine himself. Garrett Cole. Shoei Otani is going to be pitching and hitting because, of course, he is. Clay Holmes of the Yankees, Emmanuel Classe from the Guardians, Gregory Soto from the Tigers, their lone representative, so they have a uh, they have someone to, to look forward to. And then the Orioles have a representative in Jorge Lopez. So, you know, definitely spreading out the love there. Um, three Yankees pitchers, my goodness. I mean, yeah, Nasty Nestor and Garrett Cole. But, I mean, Clay Holmes... He's a solid pitcher. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But I think one of the biggest snubs, Travis, of this all-star lineup, both ways, Dylan Cease of uh, of the White Sox. I think I think that guy just got robbed. Um, you look at any of these pitchers, especially ones that are just kind of on the edge, Dylan Cease could have easily been in there. And it's it's a shame really um so uh, i'm not gonna you know go to bat for many guys uh but i think that he's definitely one of the biggest snubs out there so but 
Uh, they just they wanted three Yankees pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> no bias there. Again, the, the, there's a theme to this, but I guess we're just jealous because they're the number one team in baseball. And their their roster is incredibly stacked. <laughs> but who will be the starting pitcher? You can make an argument for Shane McClanahan, JV probably. I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool to see Justin Verlander. going to be between Verlander and McClanahan, myself. You could you uh, could put Alec Manoa in the mix there for sure. Oh, yeah. True that. So I I really don't know who to who it's going to be at this point, but we will find out for sure, but um aside from Cease you could you could say you know Gosman got snubbed you can say Logan Gilp so and then lastly the National League pitchers Clayton Kershaw baby the fine wine from the Dodgers is an all-star this year sandy alcantara this dude if he's not the starter for the national league there's something wrong sandy alcantara is the best pitcher in baseball period end of story it just this guy is going super deep in the games he's throwing consistently six seven eight nine innings very few runs given up i mean he has to be the starter. There's just there is no other option. And there's there's great pitchers besides him. I mean, Burns is great. Freed's great. I mean, Luis Castillo, Tony Gosnell in. That guy's been phenomenal for the Dodgers. So it's just the Dodgers have just got some great pitching. Joe Musgrove, a great again, amazing. But Alcantara has to be the starter. Are going to agree with me because Sandy Alcantara. He is the the shining star of the Marlins. If I were a Marlins fan, I would only go to games that Sandy Alcantara is pitching at because you're on the verge of you're seeing a guy who's on the verge of throwing a no hitter every night. Basically, I mean, it's, he's that good. It's just he is really asserting himself. He is the front runner for the Cy Young. It's not even close. But and then you have closers and relievers. You got Edwin Diaz, an absolute beast of a closer for the Mets. Josh Hader was selected, but he will miss the game because he's on bereavement list. Very unfortunate in his case. Um, Ryan Helsley for the Cardinals. David Bednar for the Pirates. Joe Mantiply for the Diamondbacks. And then Carlos Rodon, who a lot of people say got snubbed. He gets in to replace Josh Hader. So it's unfortunate circumstances because Hader's on bereavement list. But Rodon does get to participate. So Bomber for Hater, he's the best closer in baseball. Edwin Diaz is actually he can kind of make an argument for best closer. Um but but you'll but we'll see. So uh there you have it. It's it's gonna be a good one. A lot of people are saying Zach Wheeler should have been it. Yeah, I, I think you could have maybe snuck him in towards the back end, maybe uh, but man, so let's kind of take a look at this. So, and let, let's ultimately give our predictions, but before we give our predictions, 
as to who will win. I am on Wikipedia, which is Wikipedia is 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 the the almighty Wikipedia, the most accurate source of haters will say it's fake, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all we all know that it's uh, it's the most reliable source out there. Yes, you know they they always they never wanted us to use Wikipedia as a source growing up. You know, if, 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 if just take a look at what if whatever you're searching for, if it's got those footnotes and you know you dig into the sources there and you see things that ultimately line up, you're not seeing gaps in what you're reading there. It's probably good, but hey, that requires discernment, and uh, you know it's. <laughs> We we know America is just fabulous at uh, <laughs> and making great decisions with that type of stuff. Yes, exactly. So, um, but if you look at the overall, all star games have been played since 1933. H, do you want to guess who has the which league has the most wins at this point, Travis? Ooh. This is good. I'm going to, I'm going to guess this is a trick question here. I think, you know, we talk about the, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm just guessing here cause I've not done my homework on this. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, the success in recent decades of, uh, of the American league and that it truly has been the AL show when the all-star break comes around, but I'm going to guess that, uh, that the national league holds the slim lead over the American. League. Mm. Am I correct? That is a better guess than you would think, but it is still wrong. The American <laughs> League has the lead, although it's not by much. 46 to 43. All so, right. Okay. So it's reverse kind of what I was uh, I was thinking there. It is a lot closer. But if you look at the years, the National League had its years of dominance, baby. Because really, before the adoption of the designated hitter by the American League, that was really when the American League started taking off. But until that point, National League, the OG League, they owned the American League. From 1963 to 1970, the National League won every single time. The American League won in 71, but then from 72 to 82, all National League. So, I mean, and then you have like, American League will win one, and then the National League will win three. And then the American League will barely win one, and then the National League will win a bunch. So really up until 87, the National League had a 37 to 20 lead. So they think about this. In 87, National League has is up in the total 37 to 20. But then after 87, American League starts roaring back. And they wore back hard, baby. They're just boo, 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 the winds just start piling, 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 and then they get up, surpass, they surpass the American League, the National League, and they have the lead themselves. They have the National League has not won an All Star game since 2012, so it's been a long time. Uh, if they kept Sandy Alcantara in the whole time and, you know, uh, if, if they're going to pitch Sandy Alcantara for no more than two innings. I just know that for a fact. Um, but if they kept him in, it would give the National League a pretty darn good chance, even though the American League is stacked. 
Uh, I'm going to throw you under the bus, Travis. Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> I'm standing my ground. It's the National League's year. Oh, <laughs> the National League. I mean, it's a pretty good. They have a pretty good chance. Paul Goldschmidt is a man. It's a National League park there with the Dodgers. You know, these uh, guys are more than familiar there with uh, yeah. with uh, with playing there. So, uh, I mean, granted, you know, they played in in Colorado last year uh, to, at Coors. I mean, that uh, once again, that didn't do um, yeah, didn't do much ultimately for him. But yeah, I just to uh, I think. Standing my ground here. I uh, my 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 takes are often horribly wrong, but I'm gonna. I am the I have the uh, I have the Siberian cold level takes uh, yes. on this podcast here. So I'm sticking with it. Go for it, man. Uh, I'm gonna go American League, and I know it's boring, but not only do I think the American League will win again, but I think. This is, it's going to be poetic justice. Jose Altuve amidst 50,000 plus people booing the crap out of him will hit a home run in the all-star game and finally be vindicated of the, just the blasphemy, just the, the sheer nonsense that has been thrown his way. I'm at least hoping, I'm at least hoping that happens. But I don't know. One can dream. If that does happen, I will lose it. I will absolutely lose it. I'll be like in your face, <laughs> in your face. All right. I'm picking a uh, a Trey Turner uh, two run walk off hit out into the outfield uh, to uh, to win this game. Six to five. Oh, wow. National League. Man, there you go. Well. He is a starter. You would so will they keep him in, or at that point will they substitute in Xander Bogarts? Well, wrong league. <laughs> um, will they substitute in Dancy Swanson at that point? Yeah, who knows? Well, you never know. I mean, he is uh, he is a uh, you know Dodgers man right there. Uh, there in L.A. So uh, true that so it might be a. I'm just picking. I'm just picking crazy thoughts here. I don't have a. I don't have a whole lot of horses here in uh, <laughs> in this uh, in this year's All Star Game, figuratively and literally, with the uh, with the one uh, Rangers appearance and Martin Perez uh, pitching for the American League this year. So it's just thinking of. Uh, it's just I, I'm coming up with the craziest takes and thoughts I can that can, uh, <laughs> that can happen for this game. There you go. So if you think the American league or the national league is going to win, who is going to be the MVP? It has to be someone from the national league roster. So who's your MVP pick all-star MVP. It's <laughs> an excellent question. I think. Hmm. Give me a second here. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Man, this is a tough one here. I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say it is gonna be Wilson Contreras. Ooh, man, that's an interesting pick. <laughs> it, offensive stud catcher that he is. So uh, uh, his only 
chance of winning all-star MVP home run. I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, you got to hit a home run. Last year, Vladdy hit a home run for the American League. The American League won. He got the MVP. So, I mean, you just have to – that is who you have to – that's who it has to be. So, but hey, if anyone can do it, he can. Any of these guys are capable of mashing it. But a very interesting pick. But I hope you're right. <laughs> Should the National League win? So if you do win, then yeah, we'll give you huge props. <laughs> if you win, my opinion is that Aaron Judge is going to be the MVP when the American League wins, and I'll tell you why. This guy's playing outside of his mind, and I think he is just hell bent on just shoving it, it shoving it in the Yankees' face. The guy is leading the league in in home runs. He's a front runner for the MVP for the American League MVP for the season. I think he's just going to go in and he is just going to make a case for the Dodgers to just blow even more money and get him so that way he can grow out his beard and live that California lifestyle. He's, it's going to be an audition for the Dodgers. No. I'm halfway joking. <laughs> the, the Dodgers at this point, they've blown past the, you know, God, I don't even know what you, what you call it. It's late at night, but you, you, you get what I'm saying? This, the, the salary cap. And so I think Aaron Judge is going to, he's going to match a home run. Or I don't know. I mean, you could choose Mike Trout, but. I think Aaron Judge is he he's 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 hell bent. Mike Trout is sad because he's on a pathetic team, but Aaron Judge is he's gonna ride the wave, the Yankees wave, and make it. So it is gonna be exciting nonetheless. So we'll definitely be watching it. Y'all should too. Next Tuesday, six PM Central, baby. It, will the National League try to even things up? So uh, real quick, we're gonna do our weekly no data rankings. Very, very few differences. Very few differences. You got Red Sox at number ten, Brewers number nine, Twins number seven, going down spot, flip flopping with them. The Cardinals moving ahead of the Twins. I just think that the Cardinals just are a little more hot, hotter than the Twins. Although the Twins are still respectable. Then you got the Padres at number six, the Mets at number three. And for Astros moving down a spot, I'm quelling my homerism. They were at number two. Now they're down at number three. First time in weeks. First time in weeks that I am checking my homerism bias. It's just, we might as well just call this the, you know, the Astros No Doubter podcast at this point. Um, but although the Astros are eight and two of their last 10. The Dodgers are on a seven-game win streak. They're nine and one of their last ten. They have a plus one fifty-one run differential, and I mean, I got to give it to them. They're technically hotter than the Dod than the Astros at this point. The Dodgers are. Dodgers are number two. Yankees are still at number one, although that are all breathing down the Yankees' neck. Mark my words. I don't. The Yankees, they can't be at number one forever. Yes, they have the best record, but I think their days are numbered. 
they're starting to show a little bit of weakness. Not as not too much. They still have a 14 and a half game lead over the Red Sox, but they are starting to show that they have a little bit of weakness. They are not invincible. So, but they are still number one. And I mean, I, I just, it's going to be hard. I just think if I put Dodgers or Astros at number one ahead of the Yankees, I just, I don't know. You're not going to like it no matter what. We know that. So, Please direct your hate to our email because we'll totally read it. Yeah. <laughs> so no doubt or podcast at gmail.com. Send us, send us a quick, carefully written letter. So, all right, man. Well, I'm pumped, man. I'm ready to go. Halfway point, baby. We can do some mid season predictions. It's going to be awesome. I don't, I think it's fair to say that we'll probably, we probably will be off next week, but and we will, you know, we'll be hitting it up on Twitter. So um, just, you know, follow us around. And Trav, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience where they can follow us? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So we're winding down another great episode here of the No Dire Podcast. As Boom just said, we're going to be off next week watching the game. We'll pick this back up again two weeks from now on Tuesday, July 26th. Mm-hmm. The- month of july is flying on by like we're already in the second half of the year now and july is just like we're right at the midway point so two weeks from now we'll be right at the very end of it man just uh <laughs> you, you blink and uh and life just keeps uh, flashing by right before you uh but anyways it's been another great episode for us here so you can make sure that you are all tuned in to no doubter not missing anything that we put out by subscribing to our podcast we know a lot of you all have done that already but if you haven't done so, it's the once again your reminder to do so. We're on wherever you can get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, whatever the provider is, we're there. Search No Doubter Podcast, subscribe. We would really appreciate that. Our YouTube channel as well, you can search No Doubter Podcast. You will find that. Subscribe there as well. That helps us bring this podcast in video form. So we broadcast on YouTube broadcast on uh on our podcast facebook page uh, our our uh, personal facebook pages twitter uh there you can follow boom and i on twitter as well at no doubter uh first off you can follow the podcast on twitter at no doubter pod and also on instagram at no doubter pod the boom and myself are at boom 21 and at travis lawfully take a look at our patreon if you haven't done so already we would love to build a community there of people that love the game of baseball there uh you know you got several different tier options that you can choose for there and the commonality in all of them is that you are a uh, part of bringing this show uh here to the interwebs uh and to the podcasting world and so we recognize a couple of uh of men that are making that possible for us here first off our longest standing patron mr tad bostick and then our patreon producer mr don hale who's all the way up at the legend level our top tier of uh of patron of uh of patrons uh, we kind of thank you fellows enough for being part of our community and helping us out here recoup some of these costs along the way check out our merch store our partner at t public has done an excellent job over the past year providing uh excellent no doubter merchandise including mugs t-shirts hoodies baseball shirts crew neck sweatshirts, phone cases, many more items on there with the No Doubter logo on them. You can, uh, whatever you're doing in your everyday life, you can let people uh, know about our show and help get the word out. You'll see all those links in the description below. Boom. Send this one home. 
So as you're going throughout your life, as you're uh, debating on whether or not to listen to ERCOT and actually raise that thermostat for the good of humanity, <laughs> uh, if you're debating that, if you are uh, sensing some frustrations, the heat has got you down, uh, stay positive. Go about your life and do it the right way. Drink responsibly. Bat 400 and always swing for the fences. Bottoms up from T-Money over there. There you go. If you don't finish the beer, it doesn't count. <laughs> so do it. Bottoms up. I've got four up. Just little film bits now. Yes. Bat 400, always swing for the fences. Um, join us as we watch the All-Star Game, baby. It is the greatest the greatest time of year. Uh, we will see two weeks, baby. Good night. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver. 